Hey, Mom. Uh, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Uh, it was me, Brian, Carolyn, and my good friend, Joe Dallin. Uh I've known him probably for about you know, seven or eight years. Um, you know, he kind of has an interesting history, hilarious guy. And uh, I just truly enjoy doing the podcast this week. I know that you'll enjoy listening to it. Um, so please like and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Ben Verbeek for Mayor, for Mayor, for Granville. <laughs> we're all bun- we're all bundled up nicely in here. <laughs> Can you hear through your hat? Yeah, I hear good. Oh, loud and clear. Testing, testing. One, two. Feeling good? You feeling good, yeah. Joey D? They don't, they don't like no feedback. <laughs> There's no feedback. There's a little bit of, like, background noise and shit like that, but... Well, that's because we're running these heaters. Yeah, but I learned how to cut that <laughs> no, out. Always background okay. noise. Yeah, so we're in the, the studio. Carolyn's here. Brian's here. My guest, my guest, Joey D. Everyone is... Our guest, Joey D? Yeah, our guest, Joey D. Sorry, Brian guy. So, what about Carolyn? Come on, B. Where's the narrator? <laughs> <laughs> so and then, but Carolyn's in her winter jacket with like two. You said that word on. wrong on purpose. Like, were you saying it all day wrong on purpose? Narrator, like, did you think I was going to say something about it? That's been, how he I, says it for years. It's been narrator. That's stupid. Like we'll be out somewhere and Carol will be like, "Hey, Matt, what do you call the guy who tells the story in a movie?" I'm like, "Oh, the narrator." <laughs> I feel like th- this should have been built a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> one, Every, everyone that's been in here says that. I don't. What is it? So let me explain. The wall should to the ceiling. Yeah. So, oh. so, so let me just say, we we the wall should have gone to the ceiling. We're going to put a ceiling rafters in here. That was like the plan to get done this week, um, but it was I got a hot tub. So I spent all my time on that as opposed to finishing the studio. You don't there's have room no, for a hot tub in here. There's no <laughs> Well, there's no drywall there because we're going to put an electrical panel in. Oh. And that was that was the idea why we didn't finish it right there. Okay. And we're then we're going to build rafters about... Stretching a cord, huh? Yeah. So that's why we're doing it. So Are you handy? Yeah. Dude, Doug's, or Joe's mad handy. He's yeah, a, I'm a builder. He's a craftsman. I do this every day for 10, 12 hours Honestly, a day. Honestly, Joe, I, I don't know about two <laughs> months. So are you, like, really annoyed right now? No, no, we're good. <laughs> Just, like, uh, well, two months ago, Like, Joe, you want to help him finish it? He yeah. offered several times. Yeah, I can do it. And you didn't take him up on that? No, because I don't like taking people's help because I feel like it's charity. But I have to understand, like, people still want to be nice to people. You know what I mean? Like, I should have accepted Joe's help, and this would have been done in an, in an hour and a half, two hours. You know? Like... It wouldn't take Joe that much time to, like, frame up a roof. Can you make it look better than your Joe? Yep. Well, of course he could. So let's have him do it. It's not he does it. Let's have him help us do it. What's that? There we go. As long as Joe tells me a time, I'm in. Yeah, whatever. We'll do it later the week, this weekend. You're going to need... Well, that's got plans. You're going to need... For those you need 10 10 foot 2 by 4s, 11 10 foot 2 by 4s, and two 10 foot sheets. Of, I have the drywall. Well, I got. I was thinking. I didn't want to do drywall. I wanted to do OSB like that, too. and then painted it black. And I didn't. I went. The drywall's I went, free. Well, okay. Oh. Then yeah, I wanted to do drywall. I got okay, a couple, so you, I got a couple just, 10 foot sheets that are left over. You just go on about how this guy knows what he's doing. He tells you what you need. Say no. Right. I no, know. No. I was. I was wrong. Right. And a sheet of OSB probably weighs 
80 pounds. You know, it's a lot heavier than drywall. And I got a drywall lift. We can just crank it up. No I remember in. the lift. Oh, I've used the lift. Yeah. Oh, God. Carol and I were on that project. Oh, we, we did our whole first floor in Lansing, new drywall. And what Carolyn was not pleased most of the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was constantly like, I'm like, hey, Carolyn, get me, can you get me like a thing of screws? She'd be like, uh, don't ask me for things that you can do yourself. And I'm like on top of like three steps in there with my left hand up, trying to like screw something in the ceiling. She's like, you should get down and then get back up. <laughs> like zero help whatsoever. Okay, so, but anyway, okay. Joe, you've been, you said you've been, you're a builder. How have you been? Have you been busy during COVID or no? Extremely busy. People like the remodel gig just never slows down. I don't. I, I mean, I say I'm a builder, but I work more as a handyman, and I cater to the remodel crowd. You know, so I'm not taking on you know over really huge projects, but I do a lot of basements. I probably do eight, ten basements a year, bathrooms. You know, simpler projects that are you know people living in the home already, or people that are going to move into a house and I either fix it up for them. Right now, I'm working on one for a new homeowner that, you know, she wanted to move a wall, put a beam in, kind of give them more open floor space. Yeah. She needs some drywall repair, and then she wanted to update the trim in the house and put in some new casing around the doors and base around the floor. I got my kid brother installing the flooring in most of my jobs. And then, are you, are you running a crew, or is it just on your own now? I, I, remember you, I remember you were working for a guy, right? Yeah, I, I, I worked for a commercial guy, but that slowed down so much because of the COVID, and that's when I went on my own. It's been oh, I didn't know that you were successful. doing that. Yeah, wildly, wildly. How do you define wildly? Well, I get paid in hundred dollar bills. It's pretty wild. I mean, you get, if you get one of them, though, it's not that big of a deal. My kid wants a hundred dollar bill really bad. <laughs> Why? Make him earn it. Just print one. <laughs> I mean, so do I. <laughs> just print one. That's you know when he, when he thought it was because my sister won in the casino this weekend. He's like, I want a hundred dollar bill. I'm like, money's not important, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> something that poor people always say. That's I've always told Carolyn, money doesn't matter. Until she makes a phone call today and gets a home equity loan for a house in Lansing, and I'm like, oh, thanks for doing that again. But. Anyway, so let me just give you a Sounds little... Sounds like you could afford to pay for help on this project. I did. I paid $1,200 for him to finish the drywall and do a small fence job, and then he didn't show up to finish it. You know Juan? <laughs> My guy Juan? We're not happy. I don't know if I've referred things to you or not with him or whatever, but, like, he broke his foot, and then he crashed his car. Looks like Juan can send you a lot of work to finish. Right. Yeah. You might get might want to get his number. I mean, I honestly... Last week I did a big project where a guy that had no drywall finishing experience just slaughtered somebody's house. And it, was, <laughs> it was bad, and I went in there and fixed it, and they're extremely happy. Yeah, I'll just call you. You want? I got some work I need at the house done next week. Okay, <laughs> we're paying for it. You know, now that I've been more responsible with my relationships, I seem to have you know money to pay people for things now. Yeah, that's it's, that's important after two divorces. Right, exactly. So, um, Two divorces. <coughs> shut up, Brian. You don't know about that. Preempt. No, I got two babies, Mom. There's only one divorce. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right? I was, <laughs> I was smart. I didn't marry the other one. Can't afford to go to court again like that. Oof. Oof. Court. So just a quick background, uh, Brian and Carolyn, about how I know Joe, right? So he used to have a job at the building that I used to work at. And I was, uh, he was across the hall, but next to us was this empty building, 
or this little empty spot. And Joe and his boss are like getting into an argument over there about whatever. And I was like, can you guys shut the fuck up? <laughs> I'm running a business here. This is like when I care about people thought about me. And we, then we were screaming at a really high level, and he came in. He thought, "Oh, maybe I'll have to hire one of my criminal defense attorneys." <laughs> and as soon as I found out he was an attorney, I immediately uh, kissed my ass. Yes, oh man, I need this guy on my side. If, if only Joe knew what a mistake that that was. <laughs> it, it cost me. I lost twelve hundred dollars on it. Right. It's one of those things where, like, man, in retrospect, you should have taken the red pill instead of the blue yeah. one. I meet, Within an hour, I was in a consultation with Matt after meeting him, and is hiring him. He's printing out a contract to be my driver's license restoration attorney. So I paid him a $1,200 retainer, and then he was disbarred. That was, like, three years later. That wasn't that quick. We never got the driver's license restoration going. Because he couldn't get everything together. But he always throws it on me. But that sounds about right. The point is, <laughs> is that Joe and I have a long history, right? And Joe has been, like, I don't know. I want to say Joe, you're like a cartoon character to me. Does that does that make sense? I, I, I'm following. Let's hear yeah, so, like... He's, like, very, like, over the top, right? So he's, like, Yosemite Sam always shooting it off. And he's always got, like, you walk up, like, hey, man, here's what I got going on. And he's just, like, da 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 of, like, some, like, idea that he has or whatever. And he's, like, such a smooth talker on top of that that he's, like, over the top infectious, smooth talker. So you're immediately just pulled in by whatever crap he's saying at the time. And it always seems to make sense. He's always selling you like a good product, but you have no idea what you just bought. Thank God I'm always skeptical. Right, yeah. We need the word be... you're looking for is animated. Right, yeah. Animated. Maybe not cartoon. Yeah, cartoon yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I follow it here and I'm just like, eh. Oh, yeah. So, I'm a, so Brian's like, Matt, maybe one time you do a podcast sober. <laughs> nope. Uh, so I was like, I knew the word I was looking for was animated, but I, somehow I got cartoon from there. Same so, thing. So, um, and then, right? do you remember, I don't know if it was like our, my first time, like, being in public with you, but do you remember when I had that dispensary? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> For that guy? Yeah. So, we're at Matt's shop, and, like, me and Matt were doing some dispensary-type deals. At the time, I was pretty into growing medical marijuana, all of it, black market-ish, and... <laughs> He was a outlet that we could get, you know, offload some ounces to here and there, at, you know, below market value. And so I'd go there and, you know, visit with Matt. And it was kind of cool being around the dispensary because it was one of the first ones that was open. And we were just kind of intrigued by it. And so I'd be in there and he'd see some of the characters coming in. Well, there's probably four or five people in there and Matt's just doing his normal business. And a guy comes in and he's... You can see he's agitated from the walk up. I mean, this guy is. I mean, he's he's hot. From the moment something. he hit the parking lot, you're yeah. like, you can you just tell he's that kind of guy. Yeah, this guy was upset, so he comes in and he's right away. Where's my fucking money? And you know, just firing off at, at Matt. And you know, like I'm watching it, and Matt's just like, hey, let's let's go talk outside. You know, he's taking the calm road and just trying to, you know, he's just gonna you know <laughs> smooge the guy over. And I'm already like, you know, like. Let's knock this guy out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was ready to knock him out instantly. So it got it got heated outside. I'm standing there by the door and I'm watching it. And then finally, at this time, and at the time, I was in a really, uh, I was in a CrossFit stage in my life where I was in <laughs> probably the best shape <laughs> I'd ever what? been in. And I, you know, like 
I think I probably had a bro tank on, and it, like, I mean, I was already pretty charged with testosterone, and so as soon as I saw this thing wasn't going to diffuse, and the guy is just continually hammering down on Matt verbally. What was I he upset w- about? Well, we had, our, our thing was on consignment, right? So, like, you drop weed off, and then we pay you when it was sold out. But people would <laughs> be like, where's my money? And then yeah. they're like, well, we we're, we still got it. He got his place broke into twice a month, too, you know. So it's kind of hard times. to keep up. I yeah. know we, we ended up finding out who broke into it, but. So, the, I go outside, and the guy pulled in, and, and at the time, I was driving a Duramax diesel. And, you know, pretty, you know, you're a CrossFitter, you're driving a diesel pickup truck. You know, I fit all the description <laughs> of your typical douchebag. Small dick douchebag, yeah, yeah. You know, so I go outside, and, and I got a $50,000, you know, <laughs> mall crawler. This thing is, you know, 33-inch tires, and there's fucking, uh, you know, fender flares, and custom step side, drop down electronic side steps, and you know, this thing's dialed in. I bought it from a, a friend of mine has got money like you read about. It was <laughs> Well, um, we go outside, and, I'm, and I'm, I've had enough. I'm ready. This guy is done running his mouth. So I said to him, I said, um, hey, hey, you know, you think you're just going to come up here in an affliction shit and start b- fucking bossing people around? Like, I drive a real diesel. He pulled in an older Duramax that looked like it was a farm truck. And I said, you roll in here in that piece of shit Duramax and think that you're just going to come in here pushing your chest out and fucking talking any way you want to my guy? You're talking to my guy all wrong. Matt, 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 Matt hasn't said anything aggressive at all, but now is telling me, Joe, calm down, Joe. You know, and so now he's on it. He's just, you know. But, I mean, I probably made the guy feel about two inches tall. I, mean, I laid into him. And he did have an Affliction shirt Dude, on. He had an Affliction shirt on. He had on Carpenter jean shorts. And, like, some white Nikes from mowing the yard. I'm going to collect and my money. there's no way Joe's going to take that shit. I'm going to collect my money, babe. Where's my Affliction shirt? Right. They're going to know I mean business no, when I no. get there. Not the tap out one. Affliction. It's yeah. going to be... I need the one with an eagle with a dragon on a oh, skateboard. Man. <laughs> That's exactly who this, this guy This guy rolled back in the trailer park with no money <laughs> feeling like a piece of shit. <laughs> but Joe was coming at him like... Did you ever sell this shit? Yeah, and he got paid. And like him and the, he had quoted his insurance like a year ago. But it was one of those things where like people give you money for the weed and they're like, the next day they want their money. Because they're like, they've been used to dealing with the black market. Yeah. Which is, you don't loan it out you know what i mean either buy it or you don't if he was any like the, the biggest issue with with medical marijuana growing and what's happened with drugs like when we grew up there was only four or five weed guys you know they're not and now you know like the uber guy that just picked me up he mentioned that oh i drive uber and sell weed you know it's like everybody's <laughs> got a little you know like there used to be one guy that could corner the whole market you know like there was five or six weed dealers in one town now there's five or six on your street, you know what I mean? Like, everybody, and the thing about growing the weed is anybody can grow weed. Anybody can figure out how to water the plants. Anybody can figure out how to do it. The quality of what it comes out and your ability to turn it into cash are what make you successful, you know? And really, a lot of these guys, they, you know, they would do all right with their little black market rings, but what they really needed was an outlet to, you know, like Matt had, where, hey, man, if, you know, if Matt were, I don't know, more of a... I mean, he's an excellent podcast guy, but if he was more of a weed seller, you know, it would have been... <laughs> I wasn't great at it. No. But, no, it was it was an interesting time because, like, we didn't really know what the law was. I mean, I was still a lawyer at the time, 
So it was like I was doing my best to navigate it. And then during that, I like lost my license. So I was like when I started it, I, you know, I was like the marijuana expert. And then by the time it ended, it was like trying to hide my face there. So it was like crazy. And the thing is, is I was getting all kinds of things I didn't really know how to do. I was just like learning it all on the fly, you know. So at that time, I had never even tried weed before. Maybe, man, maybe I had. Like like maybe two times I had smoked weed. But like barely had used edibles or anything like that. And it wasn't until like I got into that that my whole life fucking changed. But like when I was doing it, I didn't know a lot of what I was doing. And I was screwing a lot of shit up. But like. I was trying to be more professional about it. You know what I mean? And these guys were all, you said, dealing with black market guys. So it's like you think you can just go in there and just puff your chest out. But when Joe says he was like in his uh, CrossFit phase, this dude was like <laughs> every single day is like, what are you doing? I'm like, fuck, whatever. You know, like I ain't doing shit. I don't got a real job. Uh, you were doing some, maybe some building, maybe, but you're like, hey, I went to the CrossFit, get some chicken and waffles, probably go home and get some sex, and then when my wife gets home later, maybe have it again. That last part's a joke. But the point is, is that Joe was kind of living a life that I was heavy jealous of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I woke up and my biggest priority of the day was water plants, but I made it to the gym every single day. Drank my protein shakes in the morning. I really was dialed in with it, and it, and it was... A fun time in life, and you know, the only thing that made it affordable to me was the fact that I was selling black market weed. You know, like it's, it, you know, I'm able to do some of it, or you know, kind of get spurts where I can get back in the gym or stay healthy. But I work in a, you know, I work in a very physical environment where I don't, you know, I just don't like, I don't have the motivation all the time. I find it helps. I know how you feel. <laughs> I find it helps though. Like I use this as an excuse when I always say that you know, oh, because of my phys- the physicality of my my job, that I can't work out. But there was time, you know, a few months ago where I was working out and doing the physical work and the stretching every day that's associated with CrossFit and the different work working out allowed me to have more stamina. At the end of the day, I wasn't crawling out of the truck when I got home. I'd be able to, you know, hold my own and. It was um, it was beneficial, and so I'm going to continue to to try to you know push forward with the motivation. A lot of it's mental. When I met you, what were you, what were you weighing? <coughs> oh man, I was a hefty. I was a two eighty baby, maybe a three twenty honey. And I mean, for you know, you can't see Joe, but he's only five foot two, so five eight. <laughs> Might as well have been five two. Little big man syndrome from the jump. Obvious. It's, it's, that's an inaccurate description. Well, <laughs> I was telling Carolyn, and I was like, well, she's like, you know, we're talking the drive to. He's like, well, how do you know Joe? I'm like, well, he taught me how to sell cocaine. And then she's like, you sold cocaine? I was like, no, but he taught me how to do it. <laughs> Short and top dollar. Right. <laughs> do, you, do, you, uh, do you remember how you told me you sell, you sell uh, an ounce of coke? Well, I mean. A gram at a time. Yeah. That's what he was, he was like. I didn't know how to, you know, he's like, you get it a gram at a time. And, like, you know, like a lot of things, though, like, you just pick it up as you go. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't know what you're into. I didn't, you know. First, the first thing about selling anything, obtain the product. What You know, cocaine is a drug that sells itself. I mean, you would have to frequent places with low lives. You know, you got to go places where you're going to find people that do cocaine. 
you know, old bars. Those terrible rough. people. Yeah. <laughs> bars and bars. The thing is, the, the worst thing about cocaine, and I look back on in, in the, the, the time that I did sell cocaine, is that you, you're, the people you sell to are pretty much helpless against their addiction. You know, they were, like, if, if I had, you know, if I was feeling like, man, I better sell some, if I had another dealer that was sweating me to pay him off for the cocaine I had, or if I needed to, you know, you know, move some cocaine, I'd just start playing with my phone. I'd call up the people that I know or, you know, <laughs> daily addicts and just say, hey, what are you doing? Man, you ain't going to believe it, but I got some really good shit. <laughs> it's the same shit I always got, you know, but <laughs> dude, I got some really good shit. And then they're like, really? Yeah, you know, I'm going to come by, you know, or you just show up and, you know, if there's a waitress you know that can't help herself, you just show up and tip her with a little fold, you know, put a couple of chunks in there. She's calling you back in three hours. You know? <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to give you a little tip. You just drive by, show, you know, after a while you're just known for it. So guys that weren't even looking for cocaine, all of a sudden they see you at the gas station, like, hey, you got any shit? Well, yeah. <laughs> Duh. This is what I'm here for. All right. That's why I go to the gas station. Hey, bud, I was just calling to see what you're up to this weekend. I, I'm I'm leaving out of town, so if you need anything, you gotta tell me now. Don't try to call me on the. Yeah, bring it over. <laughs> I used to I used to sell to these Indians, and they got they got tribal money, and they were going to they were going to Bike Week in Daytona, and they were like, man, we you know we're going with some other people. We need we need some, we need some shit, Joe. We, not a little bit. We need like a half ounce. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'll come drop it off. Dropped off the <laughs> half ounce the night before they're going to leave out of town. They got all their motorcycles loaded in their trailers. You know, they're, they're Indian Mafia money. So they're not paying any taxes on it. They um, they go and uh, call me the next morning at 7 a.m. And I'm like, dude, listen, man, we've been up all night. We're going to drive to Florida right now. Um, we did most of that. Can, can we get another quarter? <laughs> yeah, I'll be right over. Right. Well, that's awesome. Now, when did you ever get caught selling? I did get caught selling. They have three cocaine felonies. I have a possession with intent to deliver. I have a delivery of cocaine and a conspiracy to sell cocaine. So the trifecta. <laughs> the holy grail, all yeah. three. The yes. trips of cocaine. <laughs> um, and did you go to prison at all for that? I did. When I, you and and this is something that I obviously know about you, so I'm just kind of like pulling it out a little bit. But when you, how many times have you been to prison? I went to prison only once. Okay, and, and when and when you went to prison, what was your life like? We'll say the the three months before that. The three months before going to prison, I was working in boiler room sales. I was. You know, heavily involved in using cocaine, and in the I was heavily involved in the criminal justice system. I had, I had, um, I my first cocaine felony. I was placed in drug court program with Bolin, uh, Judge Bolin, and I was one of the first. You know, like we're going through this drug court program where you know I've been busted with drugs, and so right away they're like. All right, you're going to have to call this number, and if your color comes up, you're going to need to go down and you're going to need to drop. And so, you know, drugs are in your system for three days, so the, 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 the random drops were very sporadic. It wasn't like you had to go down there every day. And what I did is I immediately switched my drug of choice from, you know, well, there is no drug of choice. Co cocaine is the cousin of alcohol. Yeah. You know, if you're drinking, you're doing cocaine. If you're, you know, you're never really <laughs> doing cocaine unless you're drinking. <laughs> So they're like they're they're good friends, you know. They 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 go together well, 
And so like what Bert, I did like Bert is and Ernie. I, I laid off the cocaine because of my legal problems. I was like, okay, you know, I can't party. I can't do no dope, but I can get drunk. And so while I'm on felony probation, while I'm on this drug court program with Judge Bolin, I decided, you know, we're going to go to the bar. We go downtown, and, I'm, you know, we get smashed drunk, and I get pulled over on Ionia Street driving home and get a second offense DUI while I'm on felony probation. <laughs> so I go into drug court. I don't court. know why that's so funny. I me. go into drug court, and I said to the cop, I was like, Judge Bowen's going to be mad about this, and he knew when I made it to drug court. They had the cops <laughs> and made sure they forwarded that to him. So don't ever talk about your judge when you're in the cop car because they'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so I go into court, and I, and, I, and I basically just told the judge, I said, you know what? I kind of, I kind of just, you know, I wasn't serious about sobriety, and I was serious about not doing drugs because I can control that. The alcohol is the real issue, you know. Like for me at the time, you know, drinking, and this is in my twenties. I think I was twenty, twenty six, twenty seven, and I said, uh, you know, I, my real issue is drinking. You know, and I think I'd benefit from being on sobriety court. So they moved me over to sobriety court, which is a twenty or is a twelve month program. It's a lot more intense. They have you yeah. to AA programs. There's a lot of you know, a lot more dropping. It's the early morning drops, and I was in that program for twenty six months. It's a twelve month program. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm, I did, I'm familiar. The, I did. I was recommended to do that as well. I did a number of weekends in jail for you know missing drops. I did a number of times. You know, like just I ended up going to the Jellama House. Uh, while in the program, it just took me forever. And so, right as I finished and I and I graduated, which was you know like it was a big to die. Like everybody was there, but the probation officer, the judge was really excited for me. Everybody was happy that you know here's the here's the dipshit that barely made it through this thing. I mean, 26 months. I mean, he, I mean, he, he was on <laughs> it. Squeaked out. Top secret double probation. Like they, they extended <laughs> this thing and did whatever it took. Well, they got me out. They, I got through the program. A month after getting out of the program, I get, I get, I got ratted on, uh, sold cocaine to an informant, um, while I was working at the Hall Street, the same place. Oh yeah. You know? so, so I was like working a sales job, going and running out of the dock, and you know moving little bags of cocaine to you know local dope feeds, and you know at the time. <laughs> My biggest addiction was to the lifestyle. The hardest thing to quit wasn't it wasn't the drugs or the alcohol. Dude. It was the money and the lifestyle and the instability. To- like, like honestly, Joe, be, shoot me straight. How many times did you get your dick sucked for coke? It, it, it's not as common as what you think. I mean, it doesn't really happen. You think this, you know, like in all honesty, that that really wasn't the focal point of it. You know, most of the time I was in a relationship. Most of the time I was like. Uh, you know, I wasn't out, you know, getting my dick sucked by division hookers for 20, <laughs> 20 rocks. You know You're what I mean? You're not It just, uh, yeah, you got to use meth to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and like, in my, in my time, you know, like, there's another thing just to kind of off the subject, but, you know, in the time that I sold drugs, I was a fairly high-level drug dealer. I knew all of the other high-level drug dealers in the town, and to this day, I've never seen heroin. I've never, you've never seen meth. You know, it's like some of these weirder drugs that are out there. You really got to, like, you know, live in a trailer park or, you know. You got to know a sketchy guy. Date girls named Tiffany. I don't care. <laughs> Middle name with Lynn. Yeah. 
so I end up going to prison for this. Uh, I got the, the the house I was living in. I was I was at the time I was separated from my my now wife, but my kid's mother. She she remained in her, you know her house. But did you did you, did you have kids at the time? Yeah, at the time I was you know to, to take care of kids and you know I was still young and immature and didn't take about, being a dad. About how serious. how old were they? Two thousand seven. I would have had like a three year old and a six year old. Yeah. So that was probably <clears throat> when I lost my license. Yeah. Grant was four. Reagan was two. Right. Maybe maybe they were like maybe one three and I don't know one three and five. But yeah, like right about that same age where, you know, I was hooked on the lifestyle too of telling people I'm a lawyer. Like I, you know, told Carolyn and Brian, the thing I miss about being a lawyer is telling people I'm a lawyer. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the work. It wasn't the the part of it. It was quite frankly. For me, it was just as much about the lifestyle than it was anything else. Yeah. And you told the news crew you had the Fort Knox of marijuana. Well, Fort Knox of pot. I didn't. I didn't didn't come up with that. That snappy (laughs) title. It just wrote itself from a guy that got robbed multiple times in every single facility. Fort Knox. (laughs) It was like Fort Knoxville. Dude, I was I was so naive with who I was trusting for things. Yeah, Yeah, you. I mean. Yeah. It was... And so were some of the guys, you know, like, there, there was, you know... It, it's... A lot of that, you know, a lot of what kept me from those situations is knowing who to deal with and just, you know, who not to deal with. I mean, there was just, you know... It, it, I was too loose-lipped in it. And, you know, obviously, I've been ratted on multiple times. I've been, you know, you know, told on. And a lot of it, you know, I realized... And I, and I tell people now, like, I see... Aspiring drug dealers, or I meet somebody. Aspiring drug dealer. What does an aspiring drug dealer look you know, like? The, You're like, hey, kid. The Uber I was driver that dropped me off. You know, he was like, you know, you know, people just. You have to keep it small. Like the, you know, the only the, the more successful you are, the more likely you are to get ratted on. The right. more money you make, the more likely somebody's going to be jealous, or you know, not like you, or, or you're going to piss somebody off. Peanut yeah. butter and jellies. So. I go to prison. So what was, at the time, what was your relationship with your kids? You said you weren't prior to prioritizing w- being a dad. Right. And I can understand that. And, you know, people got to grow up in their own way. But how would you characterize it before that? At the time, like, and one of the biggest blessings I had is, like, my mom was always very involved with my kids. And my wife's mother was always very involved. And, and so there was a lot of additional support for my kids to where... I could always slough off, and I used money, you know, like drug money. I used a lot in order to get out of being, a, you know, a you know, a stay-at-home dad. You know, like I would, I you know, I would use my influence in the family to, you know, like mom, you need to take the kids, or you know, like when I had, when I went through breakups with my wife. When I wasn't with her, I was always, I've always been in a relationship. So like, if I wasn't with my wife, I'd be with some other girl. That's my favorite hall, by the way. I yeah. just noticed that. Yeah, it's mine too. Oh. Yeah, it's so fantastic. I would. Um, That's where I got married. <laughs> my relationship with my kids was, you know, my I was always like a hero dad to them. You know, I was always a larger than life, or kind of animated figure to everybody. You and still so, are larger than life to me, Joe. Right. And like I was telling Carolyn, I've been so fucking excited about having you on the podcast. 
You want to go have a bust of grits a quick? Yeah, I didn't know if we have to do it in here or how we. You do can it. smoke it in here if you want. I don't really care. If you want, to, you want to take a break and we just go outside. I, it, it doesn't matter. We're rolling. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think they. Do you have a lighter? Yeah. I don't mind if you smoke. Brian, what? Brian will breathe it in. Are we good? <laughs> what? Is this fine? Can I clip one from you? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Brian's like. I don't have any. I'm like a. I'm like one of your customers. He's about to suck his dick for a cigarette. <laughs> he is what we so let's edit that. Out. <laughs> let's edit that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, you were slopping off. You were, you know, had people to help you out and shit like that. Yeah, but you and were still like, but like, I would still take like if I was at my mom's, I would take the kids there. So. At the time, I was living, like, right before I went to prison, I was living with a guy that was a, you know, a heavy cocaine purchaser from me. This guy was a University of Michigan graduate who decided to be a painter in life. And that was the biggest thing that was such a joke about it. Like, everybody, I mean, he, he was, I'm telling you, when it comes to paint, he made, I mean, probably a couple hundred thousand dollars a year painting. And he really? Made a really, really good job. I mean, one of the best interior painters I've ever seen. His house is immaculate. But it's like, man, the guy went to the University of Michigan, and then people would be like, I was like, yeah, my roommate was a University of Michigan grad. You know, like, I sold me season tickets to the football for a few times. And uh, people would be like, dude, he's a Michigan grad? What's he do for a living? Oh, he's a painter. You know? You can can make money doing anything. And this whole idea, you got to go to college to make a bunch of money. I mean, I'm living proof that, like, the exact opposite could happen. You know what I mean? So I was living with this guy, you know, like like I said, like, it's it's a victim type scenario because people are helpless about it you know, like he would i was paying my rent in cocaine i you know the guy was he obviously didn't need me there you know he had money his house was fine but i was living there and you know it was just a crutch for his addiction and in mine too like i i would i would be using drugs and i would be living a party lifestyle i'd float you know, a few days out of work i always had a runny nose at work i always fucking <laughs> you yeah. know, a few days i'd come crawling in there just fucking so hungover, so trashed, and, you know, there would be days where I'd leave work, it would be Fridays where I'd leave work in an outfit and then show up at home <laughs> on Sunday night in the same outfit, you know, like, right. well, what Did you, you ever do? show up back at work Monday morning in the same outfit? <laughs> oh, no, we didn't, we got, we got cleaned up before work. Uh-huh. But uh, when I worked at Allstate, I would say probably four weeks into me working there, I was up all night, and I think I fell asleep finally around, like, 5 o'clock at night, or, like, 5 a.m., Woke up at six, then got home, then showered. I get to work at there, and I'm like, yeah. Um, you were snorting No, uh, I had a date. Oh. And it's probably one of my more memorable dates I've ever had. Oh, let's hear about it. So here's what, so here's what happened. <laughs> so I don't know. So I don't know if I've told Carolyn this one. Ooh. So you won. Yeah, you thought you had nothing left to learn about me, oh, but maybe I you actually have already heard this happened. story because it's one of my clear ones. So I met this girl on Tinder. And she's like, I'm just in town from Kansas City. I'm moving here to Grand Rapids. I literally just picked up and moved. Didn't tell me why. Clearly running from something. But I didn't care because I had never had sex with an Asian person before. And it was very high on my priority list. <laughs> so she comes into town. And she's like, she literally, her parents helped her move that day. She got her apartment set up that day. And I was like, look, I am Mr. Grand Rapids. I know all the spots. We'll go around. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you about all the areas in town. So we probably were drinking, drinking, drinking. 
closed down Z's at two, and I was like, this is the perfect time to go walk across the Blue Water Bridge, or not the Blue Water Bridge, the the Blue Bridge on Bridge Street. Yeah. So we it's go down. Bridge Street. It's it's um it's not by Bridge, but it's where okay. is it? Seventh. Seventh. No 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 no. It was much. Sixth Street Bridge. No 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 no. It was much more. The Blue south. Bridge. It's right downtown. It's yeah, the Blue Street. Bridge. Yeah, by, right by, by Grand Valley. Yeah. Yeah, so we walked across that. Right by Z's. And I walked her down by the like, water and shit like that. You walk on like the Z's and almost, you can walk on the bridge. Right. So it's, like, cool because, like, if you've never seen it before, it feels very cool. Like, you're like, just by the water patio. We went across the bridge. We're walking around, like, Gerald Ford uh, Museum. And she hops on that big button that's there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. So we start fucking on the button. And... I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Because by this time, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm ready to, like, throw up. I'm so drunk. Yeah. And we're trying to fucking such a mess. I'm like, how oh, this guy? We go back to her place. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, the next morning, I go to work at Allstate, and I'm, like, super hungover. I'm like, bent. Uh, I'm going to take my break soon. He's like, it's 8.30. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So by 9.30, I took an hour-long lunch break and just took a nap in my fucking car. Because that was, you know... Been there. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I used to fall asleep at my desk. At Hall? Yeah. Oh, you had that. When we, were, like, when we worked for that guy over there on uh, 470 Market, the, the stiff night guy. Yeah. Selling pills. That was some of the worst, you know. It, the the lifestyle was so taxing. It, it would create... I mean, it was just the worst. I mean, I just like, look back. I look at life now. It's a lot better. You can't even imagine living that life anymore, can you? Not at all. And it's like, when you look back on it, you're like, what did I gain from it? What was really the thing? I'm like, yeah, I got cool stories for a podcast 10 years down the road, but what did you gain when you were doing that? You know what I mean? Just a lot of misery. Right. You know, cocaine's a... Cocaine's a hell of a drug. drug. (laughs) Um, It's... You know, it was it was fuel for the alcoholism. What cocaine does is it allows you, you know, you get a buzz on drinking, and then you do a little cocaine, it brings you right out of it. And it allows you to stay up and drink and not feel the effects, not feel sick, and be in the high, and then you just run your mouth a mile a minute. You talk unstop. <laughs> I, thought I mean, the biggest arguments were about, hey, I just want you to listen to me talk. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. It's quality <laughs> over quantity. Everything you're going to say is going to suck. I'm like, just listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> that explains Brian with his great ideas. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'm talking a mile a minute. It, it, we we would be always, in trouble, Matt, because you're I'm a talker, too. Dude, we're all talkers. Like, Maybe that's my problem on the podcast. I'm just an excellent listener. Right. And it's like, so today, he's like, Matt, I got a great idea for a show. And then he can, like, proceeds to floor me with his phenomenal idea. Yeah, but we can't talk about that until we put it into motion. No one's stealing it. It's a fucking excellent idea. I was showering the night before I came to do the podcast. Thought of more great parameters for it. So what we need to do is have... Uh, Joe, hook up like a panel out here with some electrical. Uh, no, turn, no. Turn, this, turn this into a TV no, show. I don't do any electrical. <laughs> we don't want that. We'll turn this into a TV studio. No. So you go. So you you go to prison, right? Uh, how long were you in for? Well, luckily, I was a. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't have. I had a lot of misdemeanors, but they were all nonviolent. It was all just like just bullshit stuff. kid stuff. Yeah. Um, None of uh, we did a lot of fighting and stuff when we were kids, but I still I don't have any assaults or any other issues. But, I've never so, been in a fight. You've real, never been in a fight. No, you've never been punched. What? I've been punched. 
Actually, I've been in jail for public fighting, but I wasn't even in the fight. Some dude <laughs> randomly just hit me, and the cops arrested me. <laughs> no, I swear to God, that's the most that's the most soy boy thing I've ever heard. When we do a law enforcement uh, topic, I, I want to come back. Oh no, I'm dead serious. Like even the cops, like because a lot of my friends are cops. I even played on the softball team. Well, I was out with one of the cops that arrested me. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, sorry, that was bullshit. Let me buy you some drinks." Then he disappears. Didn't get the drinks and got arrested by the motherfucker. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> so what ended up happening with that? I, like, thought it, they dropped it, and so my lawyer was like, oh, uh, yeah, they got nothing here? Yeah. This is bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, even the police report was, unidentified this, unidentified witness said this. Well, who are these fucking people? Because no one said this shit. Yeah, and it, there's no way they're going to show up, so <laughs> it's it's over. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's incredible. I can just see you walking down the street with your yeah, sourdough was, bread. And no, it was, it was like it was it was in Yesterdog, and like my head actually hit the door and cracked the glass in the door of Yesterdog, and he split my open. Like I had to go to the hospital, like from the jail. Then like the cops are taking me to the hospital. Like yeah, fucking punks like you ruin our nights every night like this. I'm like <laughs> your night's ruined. I'm like. I got fucking punched and arrested for no fucking reason. I think my night's a little rude. You thought you were going to get laid, probably. Oh. Had some fun. Girls are out. Yes, and the nurse in the hospital they're was like flirting. eating shaped food. The nurse in the hospital was like flirting with me, and the cop's like, don't talk to him. He's a criminal. And I'm oh. like, literally, that's what he said. Like, Dude, like, like some like, old all, man, like, don't talk to him. He's a criminal. They all want the wrong. No doubt about it. Right. I so, mean... Due to my low security clearance, they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me. Uh, I did three. I was did three months in the county. I had a oh seventy five thousand dollar bond for this. It was two felonies I was going up against, and I hired. We, we say the attorney. Yeah, go fuck him. Michael McInerney. Okay? Oh. what a joke! <laughs> you know, I, I should have went with a public defender. Anyhow, I. Uh, I, I, got, love, I, I, I love trashing lawyers on here, especially Jerry fucking Likens, <laughs> who I hope gets hit by a fucking car at the end of the day. Continue. So I go to, I do three months in the county waiting to go. It's time served. And we, my lawyer just kind of advised me and said, yeah, don't worry about your bond or, you know, getting out. You're probably going to do some time. You know, just go ahead and do the time and then we'll see how this works out. So the pre-sentence investigation called for five months. He told you served. to stay in jail and not bond out. Yeah, that's literally the worst advice I've ever heard. You're correct. Like so, it's, it's, it's like it's a very it's a known thing. Like if you're in prison, they'll keep or jail. You'll just keep you there because yeah. they figured. But if you're out, oh, I'm working. I'm doing this. Like, you know what? Maybe we'll give him a shot. But yeah. if you're already in prison, they'll just fucking keep yeah. you there. This no one cares about you. There's no support. That's a horrible advice. Continue. Yeah. So. I got sentenced to 15 months. Uh, at the time, it was like 12 months in a day. I'd been in jail for three months. So they gave me just enough time that I had to go to prison. They weren't going to let me stay in the county, and I had to go. You know, I could have got work release or done something different if they would have, you know, anything less. So from prison, I went to Bellamy Creek to the unsecured level one, the 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 prison is Camp Cupcake. They didn't even have a fence around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no tattoos happening, nobody smoking cigarettes, and absolutely no fights. A lot of shit talking. A lot. Of Were you allowed talking. to smoke cigarettes? No. Uh, at the time, there wasn't any. But, like, admittedly, I'm saying there was no contraband is basically what I'm saying. Contraband. Uh, it, it was an unsecure level one. Everybody's going home in less than 
you know, a year or two. There were no sex offenders allowed. Yeah. You know, so it was really like what we call it, Camp Cupcake. I mean, there was really, you know, like people would talk tough, but people knew that, like, yeah, I'm not getting in a fight and getting sent over to level four. You know, like, it, it, ain't, gonna... it ain't worth it. You're, no, you know, the, yeah. the people that are, like, in there, in there, they ain't got shit to lose. They don't fucking care. So I spent three months at Camp Cupcake, Bellamy Creek, unsecured level one. And then I was accepted into the SAI Special Alternative Incarceration Boot Camp Program, Cassidy Lake. <laughs> so when, du- when, when, when Joe says SAI and then describes what it is, it immediately just makes him sound instantly smarter. And he does this for fucking everything. <laughs> that you're immediately, yeah, I was in SAI, which is the, you know, and I don't remember what it was, and I was a lawyer. But Joe knows exactly what it is. And he's like, boom, 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 boom. Like, he did the, he could, like, repeat the 12 steps. Like, in such a... Rarely big... have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover, those who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this Some program. people remember shit. You're like, oh, butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it depends on the butterfly. So SAI boot camp was worse than the unsecured level one because... <laughs> It, the, well, anything with boot camp, the, I would imagine. The program is filled up with adolescents. It's a kid program. <laughs> and you're in here with the toughest 15-year-olds in the world. You know what I mean? These guys are real deal. And they all, you know, and like, here we are. We're all wearing red jumpsuits. And, you know, yes, sir. Sir, trainee down request permission to speak, sir. Sir, trainee down request permission to make number one head call, sir. Uh, it's a lot of memory, which obviously I'm good at. And so I excelled in the program. I mean, I was what they called squared away. I I knew I was, you know, I could, I, boot camp was a joke for me just because a lot of it, you know, I was just smarter than most of the guards, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The the worst thing about prison is being intelligent. You know, if prison had like a Google kiosk to settle arguments, it would be a much better place because these guys will sit here and argue about who who was the NBA MVP in 1995, and they will argue for four hours about it, and no, and, and they'll ask everybody's opinion on it, but nobody really knows. You know what I mean? And I don't know the answer. Yeah, and the dream who was one, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> so. That, that's it. You know, it's just t- nonstop arguing, nonstop just, you know, just dumb shit. It's so petty. Um, what else do you have to do? I mean, it, how, how, so, when you were in quarantine in the shelter order, were you staying at home? When, when they had the shelter order in March, were you staying at home? Oh, no, no. We, uh, my brother owns a bar. And as soon as the quarantine happened, I was, you know, a lot of the people that were, I had a bunch of jobs lined up, you know, and, and so a lot of the people, zero fucks given. They were just like, oh, yeah, hey, man, like, we're good over here. If you're good, we're good. You know, <laughs> it, it got a little sketchy about buying materials. That's a great look. Like, no, you had no. to, uh, you know, like some of the places it was a little tough to get, you know, drywall supplies, but... You know, Home Depot stayed open. Yeah, so I, was, I, I, I was at gonna, Home Depot every day. I was, yeah. was going to ask him. I'm not even a builder. How close quarantine was to prison with countless fights about petty shit, but it sounds like you were able to just no, bounce out of single, there. Not a single day off. I probably haven't had 20 days off this entire year. Really? Yeah. Me neither. It, it's been it's nonstop been stop work. Yeah, I doubt that, Matt. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm thinking you had a lot more time off. No, I, I honestly have overworked myself this year. But it's been it's been lucrative. I've been Fruitful. able to save money. I've been able to, you know, I haven't 
I haven't, you know, had any financial struggles in the entire year. Nice. So anyway, you're in boot camp. These tough ass fifteen year olds. <laughs> I can just, I can just see. Here's the thing. It's like, so I know. Hey, where I, are we in the CrossFit? No, he wasn't hitting start. Out, like I got out of, I got out of prison in 2010. CrossFit doesn't start until 2016. This is pre-CrossFit. Okay. Wait, this is, but here's the thing: I can, I can see. I'm on the honey bun. Cannonball. Well, my secure pack, like they have this uh, secure pack thing where your family's able to send you money. They they set you like you send home your store list, and they can go on and purchase you four of them. Like I, I wasn't asking a lot because. I mean, boot camp, well, like, SAIs, boot camp, there is no secure packs. There are no extras. You eat out of the chow line. And I actually lost weight. I came home from boot camp in really, really good shape. And, and when I, the, the, the best I just, thing about. I just see Joe, the honey bun king, just oh. licking his fingers and, in the you know, jail. Like, like, and they're coming to ask you for some scripts of your honey I'm bun. I'm good at teaching guys how to play poker. <laughs> you, you don't know how to play? Dude, oh, uh, let's play. You can win. You know, basically, you, you can win. You know? <laughs> and so, boot camp, like, when I, when I got to boot camp, they made, like, the, the, one of the drill sergeants, when you get off the bus at boot camp, it's pretty much like shock and awe. Where's the boot camp? Like, is it's it? It's at Cassidy Lake. Where's that? It's Chelsea, Michigan. Is that a Where's fucking that? lake? Washtenaw County. Chelsea, yeah, it's by Ipsy. Ipsy. Arbor. Oh, I, I was Arbor. actually when I was there because of my squared awareness and the fact that I was, you know, <laughs> such a good trainee that I, I worked at the recycling plant at the Western Washtenaw Recycling Authority. So I go over there and sort trash. We'd find. Like, do you make money when you're doing that, or is not it... a dime? You don't make <laughs> no. <laughs> you get a, no. You get a little like, different lunch, I... and you get out of the play. If you're not doing it, you're just back there doing PT and learning how to fold blankets. You know, what I mean? <laughs> they, like you, you have a Foot Locker. You it's militant as it gets. I mean, you have a Foot Locker. Your toothbrush needs to be in a spot. Your towels here. You fold your socks a certain way. You fold your t-shirts a certain way. They teach you how to do everything, and I'm just. I'm detail-oriented, so for me, you know, like, I'm in here with idiots that have never folded a shirt in their life. They don't even know. they they, they got to sit here. Someone in this room would have severely struggled in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be you. (laughs) No, it's not me. That's good at folding shirts. Are you talking about me? Yeah, Yeah, you. Why? toothbrush in the right spot. I found it by the kitchen sink the other day. Like, two days ago. Straight up. You are not not fucking organized. I didn't. I did oh, not. except for <laughs> except for when someone falsely claims that. The I've great been, thing about this this podcast out here is these beers are staying crispy cold. <laughs> I know. Do you feel cold? No, I'm, look, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable too because we're all in here talking, and I'm not, you know, I, you know, whatever. But like, I feel comfortable. I got the Christmas sweater on. I feel good. Wu Tang Christmas sweater is great. Dude, it's for the children. Hey, let me tell you a really. Every good time thing, I like, wear this shirt, I get tons of compliments. When I, and I love attention. When I was growing up, I was the biggest Wu Tang fan. I still am. <laughs> I listened to the old Dirty Bastard yeah. album at work when customers aren't around <laughs> as much as possible. And one of the things that happened is we had a black drill instructor. Uh, Corporal Barry, and we're at boot camp, and he was in line, and he was saying something about Wu-Tang Clan, you know, that he was a Wu-Tang thing, and the other guy, and a lot of the kids, I'm telling you, they were 15, 16, shit. had no idea People's, who oh, fucking we had this Wu-Tang conversation Clan was, about- and so, 
these kids are like, you know, these kids are like, Wu-Tang Clan, you know, like this and that. Like, they're all talking shit. And I was like, I said some comment in line about Wu-Tang. And he looked at me and he was like, you don't know shit about Wu-Tang. I immediately went, raw, I'm going to give it to you with no trivia. Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I spit the entire verse and he and then he just stopped, looked at me. And this was so unlike, you know, if anybody else would have been around like a sergeant or something, it would have been, you know, hands at your side, chest out, head forward, mm-hmm. you know, doing your regular fucking on your line regiment. And and then he would call me up. This is Corporal Barry would call me up and he'd be like, give me another one, give me another one. Like poisonous paragraphs, master photograph to half. And be the, <laughs> Matt's taking a piss. So we're gonna have to edit some of this out. I don't know what we're gonna talk what about now. It's way colder out here. Well, yeah. <laughs> Shut the door. Oh, Who hung the door? Why? Why did you get dressed up today? Who put the door on? The door could have went up an inch higher. Why did they not put it up I an inch it higher? Who? You did this one. Uh, the other day, he sent me a picture. He was like, oh, I got a door on. Why didn't we frame I'm it like, in for like a 36-inch door? I can still do it. I, I don't even know where he got that. Do you, you have any idea where he got that? He was the door? Number at the bottom. Yeah. You're wondering where he got the door from? You No, at the bottom of the sill here is supposed to be walmanized. <laughs> Treated lumber. Well, all right. So, Yeah. Well, that's just nice. Right, you're dropping the ball right now, man. I thought you were going to take off with it, man. And then you're just really, I mean, just for co podcast hosts, I thought yeah, you were Yeah, you said it was a wow. Like, are you having cold feet? <laughs> no, I don't have cold feet at all. I'm just listening, taking it all, huh? I'm. I should have brought some cocaine. Who are you talking to? He's probably talking to our guests. Well, you see, part of the thing is, is like, so in a situation like this, Matt knows you. I have no idea. So he obviously knows. Like I know nothing about you. You know I didn't get. The, I didn't get the. You already went to the bathroom. I didn't get the guest sheet with the, you know the info. Yeah, yeah. that was a one time I, I had thing. requested a question sheet. Yeah, that would have been nice. It would have been nice if I had a fucking question it? sheet. No, nothing fucking about Joe. So you, of course Matt's gonna be the one asking ask a lot of fucking the, questions. The I, well, Jesus. I only did it because he told me that we were going to talk about the fact that we went to prison. And I'm an open book. Like, I have, like... I didn't even know you went to prison. He could have told me a little bit about the guests we're having. Somewhere in this podcast, it's going to turn into a success Joe thinks I have cold feet because I don't talk. That's actually what I was going to ask is what... What do you think the flip was? Yeah, like somewhere in this it turns out because well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm building to, right? right. Is because to, we were just talking life. about how nothing was moving forward without you. Oh. Oh, what? We were moving. I'm happy where my life is today versus where it could have been. And, you know, like, there are. And, and like, at the time, like, there if he, I don't ever look at myself as a deadbeat dad. But I'm very proud of the dad I am today. I have some very successful children. My daughter has, I mean, unbelievable grades in school. She's a star pitcher on her softball team. She is... She's an all-star. Yeah, she's unbelievably perfect as when you come to a child. She's 15. She nice. turns 15 on February 8th. I have a son who is as misguided as they come, <laughs> but he is... He's still what we, you know, like, he's still he's a, a great kid. You know, and he is. And for where, like, like, the things that I love about my son the most is that I love that he smokes weed. I don't currently smoke pot, and it's a, and it's a choice. I'm not under any kind of probation. There's nothing telling me I can't smoke weed. But I just don't do it right now because I just don't need the distractions in my life. 
my son smokes pot, and I'm so much happier that he's a pothead, and that's what he chooses to do than someone that wants to drink. You know, I just think that alcohol is so much worse of a drug than marijuana. It is. It is. And I worse. I'm so happy that I have a kid, and that the the, the today's culture, because I see a lot of his friends aren't into drinking. I don't see teen alcoholism nearly as bad as when I was a right. kid. I mean, because it was just like high school was the ultimate peer pressure and when they said, you know, the, the, all of a sudden it was like the party started and it was like, oh, somebody's got to buy us some booze. Okay. They buy us some booze and then we spent fucking, you know, like doing experiments with like, you know, shotgunning beers and just seeing how drunk we can get and, you know, piss in the bed and fucking, you know, <laughs> just doing the stupidest shit ever. <laughs> well, Brian, you know, Brian went to Catholic Central. I mean, you gotta, I mean, that's part of like Freshman orientation. Yeah, there. yeah, they're, they're, you know people that are like there. People are getting caught bringing booze and it's drinking at school and shit. It's like you know I'm so happy that my kids are not into booze. Booze is such a worse drug than any anything else, you know. And yet it's so widely accepted in our society. And it's so like because the adults, I mean, it's trash. Yeah. Well, so in terms of like Carolyn's right, like I want to know what made that script flip because you talked about when you were going into prison i think you categorize it as like my focus wasn't on being the parent that you wanted to be when i went into the so when i did the three months in the county larissa my wife it was already in another relationship i was trying to get back with her and i think some of it i don't know those honey buns (laughs) i don't know how serious it was before i went to jail i was trying to get back with her before i got in trouble i was upset i think a lot of it was just jealousy or the fact that she was with somebody else, and I didn't really realize how important she was to me at the time. And so when I was in the county, I was in there, and I called my mom one day on the phone, and my mom was like, Joe, you know, I've got some great news. And was like, what? It's like, Larissa, I talked to Larissa, she loves you. And I'm like, Mom, shut up, what are you talking about? You know, like, fucking, you know, boom. And then she was like, she's going to come see you. And she came to see me. And we immediately started, you know, repairing our relationship. We really started putting things back where they needed to be. And we wrote each other the whole time I was in boot camp, which made it extremely easy. It gave me an outlet, somebody to do, somebody to talk to. And when I came home... Would you have been successful in boot camp without that hope? Without that, you know, reward? I think so. I think I was just motivated on getting yeah, out. I can, Barry to rap with. I can do anything I want <laughs> in short periods of time. I have I have the ability to be disciplined. I have the ability to self control. You know, without drugs and alcohol, without those things in my life, I'm I'm really able to concentrate and you know just get through things. And so I think I could have got through it. But it, would it made the time any easier? Me sitting there laying in my bunk, you know, thinking about you know her being with somebody else or my kids, you know, having a relationship with another guy, you know, like, no, that wouldn't have been easy. And my, I was writing my kids a lot. And so all that was made a lot easier without the tension between me and her, without there being some kind of like, you know, like me trying to call home and her, you know, having an attitude. Like when I called home, it it was nice. It was, you know, pleasant conversations. And, you know, it really did make my time. Were you, when you were in there, were you thinking about, like, did you have, like, a list of things you wanted to change or to, you know, about your life? Or was it just, get out? No, you had, I mean, I was doing substance abuse counseling in there. The thing is, when I got to the, uh, as soon as he'd roll into prison, as soon as I rolled in there, the very first, I didn't have a, I didn't even have a high school diploma. I didn't have a GED or anything. So as soon as I got to Bellamy Creek, Camp Cupcake, 
the first thing they do is they all the they say, all right, you guys, you're all getting job assignments. You know, some of you are going to work in the kitchen, some of you are going to be working in the laundry, some of you are going to be working outside. You know, they give everybody a job, and anybody that doesn't have a high school diploma, you're going to school. So I roll into class, which is you know With these tough ass fifteen year olds, full of the fucking, <laughs> full of you know like young guys, and none of them. You know, like, it, I mean, it's predominantly, you know, like a lot of African-American kids and a lot of kids that are just not smart at all. So they give us an aptitude test the very first day. They're like, you know, okay, we're going to see where you guys are at. You're going to take these tests. The next day we roll into class and the teachers, you know, pass it back to stuff or, you know, just be like, okay, you, 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 and you, you guys are all going to start class. Here's your itineraries. You're going to start school, and you guys are all going to, you know, work at your GDs. You, me being the only one, you're ready to take the test. (laughs) (laughs) I take the test. Immediately after I take the test, I pass with flying colors. They're all really impressed. They're like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like... You know, and then they're like, uh, you're going to be a GD tutor. <laughs> I'm teaching Pythagorean theorem to these fucking nimskulls. Like, it guy's common denominator. You know? <laughs> you know, like, multiplying fractions and, you know, just stuff that... Please is, excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Yeah, oh, yeah. And PEMDAS. So I immediately Was became PEMZ, a, Pem, Pem? A, uh, a GD tutor for math. And then as soon as I got to boot camp... It followed me there. The teacher was like, hey, yeah. You see, you know, I walked in, and they were like, hey, you know, like, uh, Joe, you were a GD tutor in prison? I was like, oh, yeah, I was only there a couple months, but yeah, that's what I did. And she was like, well, I need you to take this test, and, you know, we'll see how you do, and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So I took the test. She's like, oh, yeah, you got them all right. I think you're going to be a GD tutor here, you know. <laughs> so immediately I was, at, you know, and, and one of the rewarding things is there was this guy that rode out of Grand Rapids with me. He rode to the, you know, from the county to go get sentenced with me, rode to boot camp, rode to prison with me, was in our prison unit with me, and then rode to boot camp the same time I did. And I helped him, and he was slow. I mean, this guy, it, it took a lot of work, a lot of patience, a lot of re-going over stuff, explaining stuff. And he got his GD in there. And when we were at the, like, when we got out of prison, the morning we got out of boot camp, we had to leave there and go report to the parole office here in town. When we got to the parole office, he was sitting there, and he told my wife now, you know, when we were sitting there, you know, waiting to get processed or go through our bullshit at the parole office, he says, no, you know, I got a GD now, and I wouldn't have it if it weren't for your husband. He really did, you know, know, if it weren't for Joe, he really did help me. And, you know, that that made me feel great about the whole experience, that, you know, people did leave there better and in a better situation. This guy's now on the street, you know. I wouldn't be leaning. I'd have to put my foot on the top. Like and I'd be all off the to do it. No, I would uh, have to take my leg out. No. You have like one leg out. I guess I'm thinking of how someone stands before. Like, I can see on one foot, no too? problem. I've only. Maybe they were drunk. That's bad. Probably. I'm gonna. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my. Oh, this whole Charles might be other. I never believe my grandma said the weather. Listen, I was over at Mel's and the Uber driver. Like, oh, he went to Mel's and then get this Carolyn. So Joe is like, man, I'm on Earl in the cross street. And I go outside. I'm like, yo. And he's like, I don't hear you yelling. So he tells me the cross street he's at. I put in the GPS. He's like three blocks away. Okay. You know? So I quick run over to grab him. And he was like, bro, I was. He, he was like, bro, I was just. At Mel, 
Okay, so you went there to get beer. So, like an Uber driver, right? He picks me up. Driving 60 miles an hour the entire time. No less than 60. I mean, this is flying. I'm like, man, I love this fucking Uber driver. I'm not going to tell him yet. So, like, we get to Mel's, and I'm getting out of the car, and I'm like, dude, you're like my favorite Uber driver. Like, I just love how fast you drive, and he was like, oh, cool, man. He's like, I'm about to get out and have a cigarette. Cool. I was like, dude, do what you fucking want. So, you know, I go in there, Plus and I buy the beer. Career. I come out, and he's like, uh, and I, he's standing outside. He was like, I'm going to have a cigarette, but he didn't say he was going to get out. So yeah. I, I, I get back out. He's standing outside the car smoking a cigarette, and I figured I'd be able to smoke one in the car on the way to the oh yeah thing or whatever. And he's like, uh, he's like, Oh, I was like, oh, you don't smoke in your car? You know, I figured for Uber rides or whatever. He was like, oh, yeah, no, no, I don't. And I was like, he was like, you go ahead and sit here have one. And I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, I'm going to get an energy drink. And I was like, all right, fine, yeah. So I'm standing out there smoking a cigarette. And I swear, I'm standing there, and I swear I heard your voice. Like, I, swear, <laughs> I was like, you know, like, dude, and I'm looking around dude, all around. the parking lot right there. It's yeah, right and I just, when I went back there and pissed, I seen, I was like, oh, my God, that's right where I was standing. He parked right on the end, right by where that little thing is right there. Like, I mean, with an earshot of here. And I was like, man, I'd be like, that's why I came back in here. I was like, I bet I did hear your voice. Oh, were you uh, over uh, here or were you at home? I was, was here. here. Yeah, I, I heard your voice, dude. I heard you. I was talking I thought, to Brian. I thought, I thought you said Joe. Like, you saw me over there. That's why I'm looking around. I'm like, where the fuck? Yeah, you know, like, because he was like, "This is Earl right here," and I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" I, I, I Brian's like, "Hey, I'm in the studio. I'm like, hey, we got to bounce." So we came over here, and when I was in here for like maybe three or four minutes, this part. You get you ready to be done? No, I'm oh. not ready to be done. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe's gonna help. We got Papa Joe. We're good, dude. Um, be like a torpedo heater, or like there's other That's heaters. Nice, yeah. These are not doing. Like, I got the thing right next to me, I can touch it. It's not hot. You know what okay. I mean? So, let, let me ask you this, Joe. If we put a ceiling in here, right? And insulate the ceiling. And insulate the ceiling with some blankets I got. We put a real so, door on here. Put a real door. I like this. Wrong. I don't hate it either. It's, <laughs> it's got to be moved up, maybe, or like. But if we put a ceiling in here and insulate the ceiling, do you think if I had like a little wall heater, like on the electric, that would keep it enough? If I had it on yeah, all the there's time. all kinds of heaters that are doing way better. I don't even know what you it says 95. Where? It, it <laughs> yeah. 95 I'm going to sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> that probably will help. Oh, it is a little warmer up here. Well, the I thing is, is you know, I thought. I don't you even, have, I don't even oh, get one. Like, I, I don't, don't even get a heater. Yeah, I just figured it was a waste to be in the middle. Like, I mean, yeah, one you of us, have I one of us should definitely layers. be warm. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Carolyn's pretty warm. She's like, fuck it. She ran across the street. I got, I have double layers. You can sit on that. Double lap. everything. Sack. That will help. Butter. Right. So lap. obviously this needs some work. And I was like, we didn't do it last week because we did it two weeks ago. And it was kind of cold. But we're like, friends, we're not doing it until we put a door on. So I, I, that was actually in the house. I didn't say that. So I put a door on. Why? Why, I thought, this? why I, didn't we? Like, this doesn't seem like a ton of equipment, but like, you need to have a sound. Like, I mean, there's no ceiling in here, so how much soundproof are we really doing? Right? Like, the sponge is on the wall. None. I like it. It's cool, but what in the fuck? Like, why wouldn't you just put this in the house? In in the house? Yeah. Where would I put it? You have kids? Yeah. Three of them. I didn't. Did you? They have three kids. You knew that. Oh yeah, I know you have kids. I didn't know. Oh yeah, I guess. I mean, I just didn't figure there was the wife plus. Yeah, oh, I see my kids all the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
like, Joe, we're Facebook friends. You, like, comment on shit all the time. Of course you fucking know. But when we built the pot... What do you think of the Bell's official, Brian? What's that? Oh, it was all right. You, you understand? I mean, I, you, you're drinking Miller a lot. Yeah. Which yeah. is, like, pretty bottom barrel. I love Miller. Like, I get it. I get it's it. It's great taste. That's, it's the choice beer of all trailer parks. Silver bullet Dude, second. you're about to have Verbeek all over you. He's a this. latte guy? No, wait. He likes pours like, damn. Verbeek can't hear this. <laughs> yeah, he'll hear it. Oh, Ben, what happens on the podcast stays on the podcast. <laughs> Today's uh, sponsor? Ben probably has an idea. That I, was fucking, <laughs> I was growing weed, and I had, a, I had a Ben's house that was right down the street from his house. Ben did. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Ben Verbeek. Mayor? <laughs> for mayor? Hey, if Ben for if Ben Verbeek is the mayor, then Josh the Young is like the county clerk. <laughs> Dude, Ben's the mayor. Like I'm like, bro, like, who do you know with this? He's like, I got a guy. Don't worry. Oh no. That guy is he, he's connected all the way to the top. Well, I think Ben really wants to run for mayor, but I don't think his wife will ever like I bet he is really hating life now. He's not got a I think he'd want to run for president. <laughs> America's next great power. Without, without him having a team to coach this year, I really think that he's he's like that retiree that you know has nothing to do with just driving straight, his wife nuts. Straight up, I think Ben is losing his mind. Who is so this his, guy? You say that all the time. So he's mind. a softball coach. My daughter had him. I mean, he's he he he, he had the best team in Granville for a long time. He, daughter won the World Series or played. He the was World the coach Series. for that. Yeah. yeah. So he was. He was my boss all yeah. He was the sales manager. Yeah. So we talk about Ben. That's who that was manager. And, you know. His he, old boss. He is straight up connected, though, in Granville. It's like he never left. Everyone he knows is from. Like, he's still like. Everybody, everybody, if you didn't play on his team, like the guys that are on his team, that were on his team, they all really loved him. They'd do anything for him. I mean, right. He, was he made sure their daughters won all the time. He was a really good coach. He had. A really stacked team, really great players. They won, the, they, they won the. They won the little league. They won the little league World years, Series. Yeah, but he's always, he's always had a way to finagle getting the best player. Oh, so, had a really good. He had a really good string of luck, and a lot of, like his, his girls he's always been. did really well. No, I don't. Okay. His girls have always done really well. My daughter idolized them a lot. Does My she daughter, coach, you coach your daughter. No, my daughter um, never made the cut. Really, I think you had to pay or live in Grand live in my own. I think, but she, I remember like a team that he played on her with that she was drafted like two summers ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, the all-star team. He would be the coach of the all-star team, and he would get in there and, you know, I mean, we did really well. You know, he's a, he's a good guy as far as being a coach and all the time he's put in. I hope he can enjoy his time outside of softball because put in a lot of years and like well, i think that that's the I, the premise of all right well, like we're done with the thing and i'm gonna you know blah 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 well his his oldest daughter just got a scholarship to ferris so as of next year she starts her first year at ferris on a softball scholarship and then his other daughter is we'll say like 16 years old whatever go- like they she's lost so independent into and it's like i'm not saying i worry about ben <laughs> But I'm like, what do you do all day? Like, I don't, oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I don't know life. how people coach kids it, that his, long. His wife, his wife wants him to sell more insurance. You know, right. like, she yeah. wants him to stay at work, right? 
Yeah, he was saying like when the lockdown went down and his wife was like home all the time, he went on unemployment. He was like, "There's no way." By like seven thirty, they're like, "You got to get out of here so we can have our time together." I tell you, you needed to go. He's like, I could never work from home. Like, there's no possible. Yeah. My wife's upset. So. She's upset you're here. Yeah, you know. Just don't send her the link. That'd be awesome. Well, it feels like as soon as you kind of squared away your relationship with her, it's just been... I don't know, rainbows ever since, right? No. <laughs> I know. Not at all. It never but, is. you know, like, dude, it's been the worst year for us. I think COVID has really made it tough relationship. I think that, you know, so many, you know, it's tough on everybody. I just think, but, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to use got, the word, I've like, got... unprecedented, but fucking nasty here. It's been you a know? great year to be single. I've got some no pills. No one piss me I... off every <laughs> That's how you I mean, see. not that. Right. You always I, I think I piss him off most. You got to pull Right. Dude, <laughs> I think to myself, if you were to like, all right, Joe, one porn site that you could just pay for to give me membership, what is that for? Which one? Yeah. What, what's the benefit of it? Dude, in all honesty, man, I don't want to be like, I, I want to be exciting. I want to be animated, but I'm, I'm not a Boo! Carolyn is like knows in the morning not to not open my door in the bath. <laughs> she has walked out of me jerking <laughs> off. <laughs> far, far too many times. Far too many times. Yep. Where she's like, like it's like Susan. Yeah. So it wasn't like American Pie. She wasn't like, you want some help with that? No, or it was what? not. Well, I was he like, doesn't need any help. I don't need. Any help. No one can obviously you don't, don't need help open the when door. You're jerking off. No, no help you can give me exactly is don't open it. the door. <laughs> no one will give me a better hand job than I will give. Like, it just does not. But the reality is, she's like, like we had this lady at work where like Brian's talking about boobs. So now whenever she walks in, she's like, coming in. You're an insurance salesman too. No, I work with I work with Brian. Oh, and he's my boss. We we make shirts. Are you really making shirts? Sure? Yeah. Screen printing or yeah, screen printing. You guys got I don't it. sit in hand. Oh. So, oh. I don't yeah, we screen print. We screen print. We got shirt. I got a shirt for That's you, Joe. That's great, man. I look. I come up with what's different I, shirt ideas. What size shirt the do you? Time. What size shirt do you got, Joe? I've got some. I'm an extra large. Okay, I got. Well, I, I got a shirt for you. Large, <laughs> you, you, you want a, the holidays. You want a shirt to grow into or to, to get out of? I want a shirt as motivation. I want a really sweet shirt. It's just says, medium. I want a shirt that says. Lose weight, and I've done it before. I bought an extra large uh, drumming jersey, and I thought it would fit, and then it didn't. And then I lost the weight until it fit, and was loved wearing it. So it's motivation. So they get, well, I'm not. Let's yeah. not. Let's not do medium. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's start off with an extra large. And... Okay, I got you a shirt for being on the podcast. Um, but we got a new shirt coming out tomorrow. It's a Mandalorian themed. I'm pretty excited about that. Sorry. So one of the things... I thought about buying shirts for, like, weights at a bar, like, in the theme of Seven Dwarves. One being slutty, one being trampy. <laughs> 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 then you'll pass about as my night goes on. 
This is what you've earned. Slotty, trampy, <laughs> ugly, <laughs> bitchy, <Yeah>. drunky, <laughs> cokey, <laughs> easy. clingy, easy, I mean, I've, I've... easy. Yeah. <laughs> Big extras of those. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love it. The seven dwarves of the bar. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's a shirt. That's, I mean, cokey. Bro- Maybe you can make one that says Mike Tyson's a rapist. <laughs> never. I would never. It's just burnt Mike Tyson. Um, he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lying-ass beauty pageant girls. Right. <laughs> like Kobe, he didn't rape anybody. What do Kobe Bryant, Tupac, and Mike Tyson have in common? <laughs> False accusations. All, all, yeah. Right. Exactly. I won't listen to any well, of Only one was convicted. Right. <laughs> We all know this is corrupt. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, no. Joe, we do the Joe's law enforcement Joe. one. I really, I'm just on it. Like, I'm ready to go hard on the law enforcement. <laughs> Dude, and you're talking to. I mean, you know how I feel about the police, you know, and things like that. The whole system is just like rigged for zero accountability on there. It's like, first of all, is she coming back? Because now the that door that door is open, open, I can yeah. feel it with that door. Now the doors, but now the doors open. You guys can acknowledge though that the door plays. Yeah, door does. Like this lock system, the worst. I like it. I had the little screw I put in the wall. I like the rustiness of it all. I mean, it's. The guy who's really not into porn. It's an elite. The guy who's not into porn knows it's a good jerk off. This is a great jerk off. It's an elite. I'm not into porn at all. I couldn't pick a site. Right. Not even. Fantastic jerk off room here. For me, it's Naughty America. No doubt about it. Get my classic Phil Connor in. Oh, he's laughing. You, We're it's locked a, it. <laughs> we ain't getting out. Get to the bottom of the door. Is that Carolyn trying to I get in? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <Starving>. <laughs> oh, there was some play in there. You can get that. I'll get it. I'll pull you. Oh, don't let the bull in the china shop. <laughs> well, don't we need it shut? What? I thought she was, he was letting somebody in. I thought she was here. I heard. <laughs> Open the door. Are you just sitting right on it? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta straddle it. Dude, it's like. Straddle the heat. I. A lot of things like. How do you sell coke? You just figure it out. The podcast studio is similar to that, right? So, like these things here, do these it's actually not, help though. with sound? No. But <laughs> what, they're, what they're helpful at is like making the place look better for social media. Do you know hey, what I mean? Sell it. I don't know. I gotta. But I wanna, like, I wanted to put the piece of drywall up there, but I might just have to abandon I think it. we just finish things off and make it look good. I mean, what's the problem in that? No, I will make, I'm gonna put some effort into making this thing a real fucking studio. I appreciate that, Joe. You got a fucking grow light. It's a fucking T-Fire grow light. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... Hey, that's if deep. the podcast fails, we're going to grow weed in here. <laughs> I was. It was a failure. Well, it needs some unique flavor to it. I mean, fuck. 
Well, we can make it cool, like so. The plan is the grow light. Is that actual? Is that like one of those? That's a T five grow light. But is that like one of those? Is that like one of those sunlight lamps? Right? No, it, it's for vegetation. This put, is for I, going, got, I got some LEDs. This is for not for flour and weed. It's not a high. Oh, so it's, it's not giving up the vitamin It's not a high pressure sodium. No, this here will grow your plants until they're. Well, you need a lot more heat in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got some LEDs in the other room. Should I just hook those up on um, the other side? They may bring it up. No, the LEDs won't give you any heat. You need some fucking sodium halides in here. <laughs> I know. Four thousand watts. Pumping. We're getting oh, a tan in the jerk-off room. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what's going on here? I'm, I'm sure I'm about to lose the heater. <laughs> the but, cord. but, you know, we had planned on, Joe, not having a podcast until we, like, put the ceiling in here so we could wrap it up and get it a little warm. But, honestly, we didn't do it last week. I think it was the first time we missed in a while. And I, I miss doing it. You know what I mean? I miss talking to somebody. I miss, I was telling Carolyn, being in here and having this podcast makes me feel like COVID isn't happening. You know what I mean? It makes me feel like. It's a good time. I'm enjoying it. It makes me feel like something that I've been, something, <laughs> something that I've been missing, you know? Now that my nuts are on the heater, it's fucking nuts. It's Dude, cozy. This thing is great. Oh. Let's go another hour. Right. Yeah. How long do you want to go? The slutty and coke. Let's go another hour in the jar. I like it. Keep jerk off. Is, room. is this studio called the Jor now? It's jerk off room. It's an elite jerk off. Jor. Can't believe he didn't. Oh, I, no, I'm not really a porn. Yeah, Karen's walked in on me like jerking off to porn like twenty times. I don't know what it is. Like, just stop coming in. <laughs> I was. I mean, <laughs> you made it work though. I like. I get. What's up? <laughs> right? So the thing with Carolyn that's beautiful about my life is that she's like much younger than me. So I never have to initiate sex. I just like lay there and I end up having sex. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. That's good. 20, my, 20, Yo, my 2020 has been phenomenal. Yeah. It's uh, honestly like I have a whole new perspective on things. Um, you guys seem happy. Dude, we're super fucking happy. And, like, yeah. the thing about Carolyn is, like, she gets me on a, a way that most people don't. Right. Like, so if I tell some story about me fucking some Asian girl from Kansas City, Carolyn don't give a shit. And the fact that you're dating a girl named Carolyn is better than if you were dating Tiffany. Dude, <laughs> dude so all three have of my seen, exes have, have the name Lynn in their fucking name. Had you're talking about, like, what is one of those white trash names? And he's like, Tiffany, Melanie, Brittany, Bethany, you know, whatever. Have you whatever. seen the Crazy Axis video where the guy is like in a, he's like kind of like a, I don't know, professional kind of high or whatever. Kyle, can you pull does, that video up for us real quick? And he, he plays this, it's a video on dude, Crazy Axis. And basically what he's saying is like, you know, okay, uh, this side is the axis, uh, you know, you're never going to date a 10. Right. So, if a girl is above a four, and... Oh, the crazy yeah, hot scale. Yeah, crazy hot scale. You here's, your, here's your strippers <laughs> yeah. up here you want to stay away from. <laughs> girls <Yeah>. named Tiffany. <laughs> that's, what, that's where I got that from. It's like, yeah, girls named Tiffany. <laughs> Dude, that's a hundred percent. If she's an eight, if she's crazy, you know, she's got to be a nine or above crazy. Right. If she's fucking, you know, if she's 
Sometimes you get your girls these down girls here, here think like, they're yeah, hotter than These girls down here. here. These girls are the ones. Yeah. These are your meth addicts and strippers. So yeah, the crazy hot scale is a hilarious spot. Um, No, but 2020 has been, like, solid for me. Like, so I got let go from Allstate. They didn't feel like I was a good fit from home. But the reality is I told Correct. my... I, the, the reality is, is I, I told my boss... If I had like, an appointment with his customer to talk to her, what are you doing? Dude, I was getting a fucking nooner. You know? Dude. <laughs> like, I mean, like, let's... So I had a... Um, I got let go from Allstate. He's like, you're not a good fit. So I'm trying to, like, get these other jobs. And I got a job offer from another insurance company with Red Shirt. And it's, like, making, like, 70 grand a year. And I was like, I'm, I'm moving up, right? So Carol and I are like, you know what? We should try acid. Let's just go for a little trip. Yeah, with that. It was the first time, right? During my acid trip, I find out that I'm not getting this job at state with the Red Shirt. That I can't do this. It was like the it immediately turned so bad, and I was like, felt this overwhelming fear of like nothing will ever go right again. But my life has like I I probably hooked up with Brian like maybe a week and a half, two weeks later. You know, started working for him. For what, him. What's the bottom line over here at the teacher? Depends on how many shirts. You know, that's all it comes down to. It's volume game. Volume. Do you want one shirt or do you want a hundred shirts? You know, so you gotta get some custom shirts made. You can get anything Street made. Print, you gotta make a lot of shirts for fucking. So here's the deal. So every every different to create col- the screen. Every color that you have is a different screen. It all has to meet up on top of it. But not only is it like coming together like this, you might have a red and a blue on a yellow shirt that needs a white shade. See, it's not just as simple as pushing a button. So like that you had like that sweater you have right there, yeah. that's the easiest thing in the world to make. You know, one color, Brian can have that set up in like six minutes. And we're minutes. getting, I mean, all the shirts and stuff are coming out of the, off the truck. Indonesian. It depends on what you're looking for. I mean, they're not like expensive or anything like that. I mean, you could probably get, but like that sweater is a quick setup, 10 minutes and you're, you know, running shirt. But when you have like four or five colors together, it might take you an hour to set that all up and to make sure it's right and then it prints right. And then the machine might have to go around three or four times, you know, based on that. So it's like, how many shirts do you have to get? Well, you can get one shirt. It's just going to be a really expensive fucking shirt. You know what I mean? So I've, I've looked at it. I, I, I've, for a long time, I've had creative fucking right? I've always wanted, like, I had no idea that. But all the time, we don't really do anything. Spend so much time chicken off. Yeah. My love of chicken sandwiches, the amount of time I've been able to put into my Popeyes gloves has been incredible. I got a job where I can sit in line at Popeyes for an hour and a half. We're more food critics than we are <laughs> fucking t shirts. It feels there. like that most weeks. Like, so today, I show up, like, I'll be there between like eight and nine, and then I start working we'll at nine. Sales. Sales? No, we vote the print. We just wavered shit. Yeah, his brother owns like an umbrella company. His brother owns half this company, and his brother owns a promotional company. Is it on Chicago Drive? No, it's on like off Thirty Six and uh, Easternish. But basically, we put we put shit on shit. You we put logos on. Julian's kitchen. Julian's no. So our biggest customers are. I'm not going to no, tell you. you. Never at yeah. Julian's. I said never at Julian's. Do I never eat at Julian's? 
No, we're on the other side. Okay, so we're no, on. no, but Friend it's new. That's where place. the that's where the uh, the chip guy used yeah, to be. Yeah, what was yeah, his name? Yeah. That got busted like for I don't know Charlie's chips. Charlie, yeah. Oh wait, I don't know if we're allowed to say whatever. Okay, what do you? Who are we gonna get sued by? So Brian's <laughs> like. <laughs> No, but I wanted to go to that place. Listen, is it so, good? Is that yeah, good? my buddy owns that place. Oh, I'll tell you it's what to go right there by again. us. We're, I'm always down for a dick around day. So we'll take Look, like my buddy Donnie. Here's the problem. Here's the thing. Don't don't give I, us ideas because it doesn't take our much. ideas get more attention than our. Than it our it doesn't guys, take guys, much for us to lose the day. With, I'm gonna come up with a shirt idea that makes face people are like, oh look at this. I see well, assholes on Facebook all the time. We're trying to put. The idea is we want to make shirts and stuff like that through the podcast. So, like, the podcast might not be, like, we're not selling a t-shirt podcast, but it's, like, we're trying to, like, fill this up, things like Don't that, and then sell podcast. shirts. We're not. We're going to have a website, and it's just going to have an apparel site. Right. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Kind of like Barstool. Kind of. No, Barstool's like us. They just hit the ground I'm running. Not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> It's like, what are we going to do if we blow up? Barstool, I'll never call him Matt Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Presidente. No. That dude's awesome. Oh, it is. Portnoy's a fan. What's the password? Password. Oh, that's the password today. <laughs> so we came to realize, Carolyn, though, there's a, there's a significant, there's a significant difference in here. There's a significant difference in here when this door is open than when it's shut. Oh, you brought me. What was so funny? I loud laugh. Dude, we were laughing. We've been laughing pretty good. Joe's like, Joe's like, I don't love, I don't like, I don't watch porn. You know what's cool about this room? Because you like from the inside, it's a perfect jerk off room. So he knows it meets the nuts and bolts of Dude, a jerk off. I, I have a spank bank. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Oh, you better shut that door. I can feel that on my face. Dude, shut the door, lock the door. This is like the doorman. Gotta work for that. I, you know, I have to work in at the doorman. Do you really? Yeah. At a bar? In Sagatuck? So, a buddy of mine is the premier bartender of Fresh Coast. And he called me one night when I was at a softball trip with my daughter. Her text and says, "Hey, we need a doorman at the bar, which I'm gonna leave closed." I see a doorman. <laughs> 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 it was like you just got it. You can't, you can't have better off just standing up there. Push the door. At the top. <laughs> He was, trying, he was trying to use a single hand. He didn't want to pull it. It takes two hands. And do that. He wanted to. All right. So, so we'll move the door up. He oh, says, hey. Like, I don't Joe, know we, need a, we need a doorman. You know, it's from usually like 8 to 12. He pays like 100 bucks a night, $120 a night. So I'm like, all right. I'll come try it out. It's just the mask not yet. Go out there. Sagatuck is the sweetest town. Like, and I've, I've, like, I've built a house in Fenville just down the road. Yeah. And we ate. And, you know, two different local bars here in downtown Saugatuck, and it was... You know, is like this story going to be any good? Well, make it, get it there. Okay. Land the, where are we? So, it turns out to be, like, the best experience of COVID. Yeah? It, like, I'm the doorman. I get paid 
by the second week there, I'm getting paid $150 a night. It's, you know, I'm getting handed $20 bills. Guys, like, the tables are packed all the time. So I'm never just being like doorman. I don't have a puffed out chest. I'm not a cop wannabe. You know, yeah. like, I'm not. I'm Full not, fucking shit. The worst part about this job. You're judging them on the their worst, no, The worst part about this job is I have to break up bachelorette parties, nine, ten girls, and tell them he can't dance. You're like, oh, yeah, there's no dancing. You're like, what do you mean there's no dancing? The go-to move every time I go up to a bachelorette party and tell these girls they can't dance is they grab a hold of you and start trying to dance <laughs> all over you. And I gotta, <laughs> I gotta try to stop from fucking laughing uncontrollably and try to be serious and be like, no! <laughs> you can't dance. You can't stop serious. Stop touching no, my No, I'm dick. serious. I'm gonna give you 20 minutes to knock this off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 25 tops, and then we're shutting it down. I see, yo, boom, boom, boom. And so, like, like Halloween. <laughs> so like Halloween, we're there, right? And, uh, and, and the, the owner tells me, and she's the sweetest lady or whatever. So she's like, Wait, no, we really got to be serious about the dancing tonight. Got to stay on top of it. There, what place? Oh, you, you can't say yeah. the name of it. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> the hundred people that There is there. one cool bar in there. Is it, like, a pretty dark and dingy place? Oh, yeah, and you go. What? I don't even remember the name, but you He's go whispering. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember I the name of where I was, but the place was cool. Don't worry. Right, yeah, and it is kind of dingy, and it's kind of dark, and it's right there. Like, there's only six to 15 bars. You're like, you're yeah. going back, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> there's only, like, six So, there's this girl, in, and I'm telling you, she's got, like, 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 a butterfly costume. It's all white. You can see through it. 65% oh. of her ass. Nice. Okay, and, and I'm telling you, she is a smoke show. And so she goes out there. They got and they have live music every week. So no part dancing. Of the, yeah, part live of the music gig, with no dancing. Right. Cruel. Part of the gig is that there's a live. So I'm being like at a concert for 17, 18 weeks straight, Friday, Saturday night. <laughs> I'm trying to go out here with Saga Tuck. And they're like, you want to go like, to do a little bit? No, I would work slap. there for free. You know what I mean? And yet they're paying me. And then I'm getting tipped. Like nobody is like no no doorman's no. ever gotten tipped. And they're tipping me. Do I gotta work out to get this gig with you next year? Dude, I've never telling anybody about this thing. I <laughs> love it. And like I was telling I was on the way home tonight, I was like, man, I really miss working. I'm gonna go put an app in there. I know what place no, you're talking about. Know, I have experience doing a door. Maybe we should do it as a team. A team door. Oh, it'd be fun. I'll like, do it for free. Have you ever done a door? Can yeah, I wear so a GoPro? I'll wear a, no, doing the door a, is so much fun. Can I'm going to cancel this interview. If I can wear a GoPro. Doing the door is so <laughs> much fun. Like, I would do it. Literally. And then, you know, like, and if you're doing it for free, no, you have no obligation you to stay. Like, I've never paid for anything. they got the best fucking pizza, the best food, and I'm just like, I've never paid for anything. I mean, if I want to drink, no, no problem. Like, no touching. I'll just be, I'll just be yelling. No, no dancing. That's all I want to they do. They hand you, like, so if you're hustling in the summer, and, like, the, well, the, the one benefit, the, the host, like, normally as a host, you're supposed to be young and hot, good-looking, and... At minimum. They have, they have the ugly... Or at least be able to seat somebody at a table, you know, maybe. Carolyn's hoping to be a hostess next year. Maybe they have the ugliest hostess, and she is <laughs> such a bitch. Like, you know, people will come back, she'll be like, yeah, your table will be ready in 40 minutes. There's no, like, there's a dead zone. There's no cell phone service. You can't like, we're not calling you to tell you your table's ready. So people come back and be like, yeah, you know, an hour later. Yeah, we said 45 minutes. She'll just like put them at the bottom of the list. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like hey, God. And, and 
like I'm telling people, I'm like, battle act. I, I like, love that. Somebody savage. will be there, and yeah. I'll say to them, I'm like, you know what? I've got a really, really, really good table inside. It's it's right by the window. It's something we've been saving for a while. You've been here, man. You're right inside by the bathroom. Let me Look at the salesman's right. Dude, I take them to this table, and they're just like, oh my god, thank you. This is the greatest table. Look what he got. You know, like, boom, on the way out the door, the guy's handing me twenty bucks. You know, like, it's just that showmanship where you try to hustle a little bit and like. I'll bust tables. I'm the door man. But, like, there's a table there, and I know that there's a chance that I get a tip by clearing that table, and, and then somebody sees me doing it. I'm on it. You're, like, right there. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, listen. Yeah, I'm, not I'm the door table. man. I'm not supposed Fuck to bust that. tables. But I'm going to go clear this one off. There's a here right away. <laughs> and they're already, they're already like, we hate that. Way. You know, oh, you're talking, you're talking about the people trying to get in, not, right. the, not the waitresses. No, the waitress don't give you shit. No, like, yeah, gotcha. Like, now like, I got buddy, it. Now I got it. My buddy it. Chad that got me the gig, he's like, Joe, we've never had a doorman that got tipped here. Dude, like, what are you doing? You know, like, I'm like, yeah, I got $75 in tips tonight. Like, yo, dude, what the fuck? So let me ask you a question. So if I said, Joe, you're a professional salesman, is that an insult to you or a compliment? It's a compliment. It's the con man. It's me fucking Right. <laughs> so I went and looked at a hot tub today, and this guy is like, he's not the guy that you put me on with. You went and saw a guy earlier at Nordic Spa. And I am like, wow, you are a professional salesperson. He's like, I hate that phrase. I don't want to be a salesperson. I was like, well, you're knowledgeable. You have a pit, and you know exactly what to say. And you've like, you have like this whole presentation. Like, it's not an insult to say that you're knowledgeable and know what you're selling. And it's like, when you're telling me about how you're setting these people up, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I want some of that. Like, give me a, give me a situation where I can butter a guy up. Hey, that is my wheelhouse. Here's the thing, okay? Years before, and I mean years before Donald Trump was ever relevant as a president or where Donald Trump is now. Yeah. Okay? There was this thing that we used to say to learned from in sales negotiations and it was a Donald Trump period. Okay. And Donald Trump's really relevant now because he's, he's the president. president. Yeah. Right. Okay. But the Donald Trump's theory of negotiation is if you are not embarrassed by your first offer, you've offered too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is like words to live by. Like when you offer something, if you are if you're forced to make one you never make the first offer. You know what I mean? You're the first person to speak losing. Okay. But if you're not embarrassed by your first offer, then you've offered too much. <laughs> you need to be embarrassed by it. 100% makes sense. That's why I offered That's the Carolyn Donald Trump's theory of negotiation. She's like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> 100%. Thanks, Carolyn, for time. You've been an essential part. I nodded. <laughs> Right. But Carolyn's a little bit too cold to are, contribute. Are you, are you playing oh, Sudoku yeah. or what are you doing oh, over there? I like you're taking notes or? No. <laughs> you know, like a whole time I was like, maybe she's got an important role. Like, like she does. She got her laptop. Or she's doing something you guys asked important me. to the, uh, well, the podcast. The long term plan is. I feel like she's just married in. So, so <laughs> well, she is. <laughs> wow. I have far more value than being married. Yeah, I don't know that. That's true. But she, well, I she, wanna, lets, hey. she lets me do this, Joe. Remember when I was Matt's talking so about. so cheap that if you guys did get married, he tried to do the officiating too. <laughs> well, he would marry himself if he could. 
I, he does. I, I, don't, I don't know. You caught him in the bathroom in the morning doing it. <laughs> so when I was talking about earlier, like how Joe was like living a life I was jealous of, he's Joe. like going going across going across it. We're getting waffles next door. Just like kind of like crossfit and waffles. Yeah, dude, chicken and waffles. That that waffles are amazing. Yeah, those those are the best waffles I've ever had. But I was I was eating steel cut organic oatmeal. Yeah, you. But I was I was over there eating those <laughs> yeah. things. But the point is, is like Joe was kind of like living a life that I was jealous of. You know, like he was able to devote time and energy to what he felt was important or necessary, or just otherwise enjoyed or challenged by. And this whole studio, and obviously it's not great now, but in my mind, horrible. It's got room to grow. Do you know what I mean, Joe? Like, but the thing is, is like I could. I'm. I know, Give right? Me that blanket, <laughs> dude. That blanket was in the Airbnb for the longest time. That that got me a long way. But, but the idea is, is like this studio will grow in terms of quality and what happens in here is will the, the show will build. But it's because I've been able, because of Carolyn, I've been able to devote time and attention to passion projects. You know what I mean? This is this is my cross, right? <laughs> so this is my, you know, at the, at the day, what am I thinking about? What am I working towards? It's the studio. And I know that we're not in here enough to make, make it great, but I love the idea of being able to just have a friend over, shoot the shit, share our experiences and, you know, help some people learn about a few things. You know, I, I don't know if you saw this, Joe, but I posted a YouTube video. It does. It's a work in progress. You know what I mean? I'm going to make it fucking nice. I'm going to, I'm going to shine the shit out of this turf. You know what I mean? We're blowing that wall out. We're making it big. No way. What if we had another guest? Well, the thing is there's room for more guests. I can put somebody here, but. We need another mic. I, I, I feel four is the perfect number, right? How much these mics cost? About 90 bucks. Oh, that's not So I've got about, overall, like, with labor materials, about 2500 $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $
brand new one, thanks to me. Right, you got a ELO, you got a HELOC today. Well, so here's what happened. So well, how high temperature are you gonna go with? I don't know. It's gonna be up to dad for dad's for? for dad's bank. On, I don't have it. So what ended up happening was her brother was like, he's moving to Washington, got this big promotion, and was like, Hey, do you want this hot tub? And he's got money. And he's got this killer like figure eight hot tub I thought I was getting. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. Turns out I was getting her other brother's 20-year-old hot tub that had been sitting at the house with, like, a bird's nest in it and shit like that. So I spent, like, so much time getting it ready, about 1000 bucks on this fucking thing. <laughs> and then I flip it on, and the thing is leaking everywhere. And her dad's like, I'm buying you a new tub. Don't worry about it. So we did a little shopping. Great, man. I don't know which, but the thing is, is like the idea behind doing a podcast was actually something that Carolyn and I had before I started working for Brian. And the idea was, Brian's I was the ice on a cake. Dude, Brian is the ice. He's my second best friend. Well, yeah. I wanted to do a podcast too. I mean, that's what I mentioned. What? Label me as your first best friend? <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, I know you. Ooh, no, I've known Brian longer than you. But, yep. but up until I started working for Brian, I probably knew you really well. So when I when I try to define a friend, um, well, Joe, let me ask you this. You know lots of people, right? You're an animated guy, you're a mover and shaker. You know the highest players in the drug game. And I've learned a lot about friends. A lot of them are How do you define friendship? What's a friend to you? Good question. I don't have a definition. I like sound. Uh-oh. As all the numerous intelligent things I've said, I will previously reference. Did I ever finish my story about wisdom? No. I don't think you had a story about wisdom. I did. I Hit told me. you I read a book, and then Brian interrupted me. <laughs> I wonder what book it was. I read it. was off task. I, 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 I asked him what wisdom. book it was. I know. That's he what said, I, I don't said. fucking right, know. Right. It wasn't off task wisdom at all. Is I, I got wisdom. Now, wisdom is knowledge plus experience. Uh-huh. I totally agree. The most simplest definition: knowledge plus. In order to be wise, knowledgeable, you have to have no friend. You know, so-called knowledge isn't quite the whole of the whole part. Does wisdom require failure? Absolutely. I, absolutely require. Absolutely. How could you possibly know about hey, shit unless you fuck things up? That that is the, the catalyst. Wisdom is humble because you believe for a while, you need to humble yourself and realize you need more experience, more knowledge. I'm the most humble person I know, correct? Probably more humble than all of you, correct? But you're right, though, like, you need all of those things. And, like, let me ask you a question, Joe. What, what's your so, my so back to back, back like, to your when start. you first said it, it was about that, that first. My mind in order to have a friend, wisdom, in order to recognize real friends, the only way you understand find real friendship is multiple. What is having a have knowledge? So, friendship requires wisdom, wisdom of people, wisdom of people's agendas, people's you know why I've been a Great friend to a lot of people. I feel like the whole thing, like, uh, what's drinking? What's drinking? That's 
someone there to go get drunk and they're, they're they enjoy they're, your company and that's that. necessity and you gotta have a couple of freaking you gotta have somebody you can call up and say hey are those your friends i just want to go out and have shit. So, well huh. it's part of the whole thing you know, like after a while what knowledge and experience gives is you get to define those friendships by what they are they're all self-service they're all you know at, at the end of the day you know it's the people that are there for you when you really, truly really need, you know, when you go through tough times. You know, and Matt, when you went through your, you went through really tough times. There's no one here hasn't gone through tough time. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Through some of your tough times, you express in Facebook posts and different things that, you know, don't doubt it. You've been a good friend. You were there. Something I recognize as a friend. And, 100%. And, you know, and I know that. And, like, I, I feel like I'm a and I think that my friendship a lot of times in on who I was, what opportunities made available by I was and those here and those today I I never I never felt that our friendship was based on something you could offer me. No, no, and it's a genuine friendship. Yes. I don't think you're taking you know for some reason. Alice and our friendship, but we really have, you know, I mean, our friendship is limited. We're, you know, we're not friends. I got a Thanksgiving text. Did you? Yeah, it was a nice, nice text. And it was, uh, Dean? So long. A good friend of his for a long time. Yeah. But the he, thing is, like, I mean, you have, so when I, I when it, you got some things about how you, <laughs> how you feel about friends, but like for me, it's been like a lot of people will have a positive influence in your life when things are good. Who's the person that's there when things are bad? Right. That's when you don't, because I mean, right. you knew me when I had the height of like my legal career, right? Four knocks oh, pop, man. all that I shit. Was, I was dropping and your people, name. I was telling people. People were suck, my People were trying to <laughs> suck my dick all over Grand Rapids for shit. And you know what? The second I had nothing to offer them, they were all fucking gone. Yeah. Every single fucking person. Friends that I had since law school that worked for me, that whatever that I went yeah. I went I went for a drink with one friend. Josh Kuiper went the same thing. Dude, you know? and, and I was there for him every fucking step He's of the still way. My friend. He called me earlier tonight. He's still my guy. Dude, and 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 Josh has been Josh is gonna give me my driver's license. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, he hasn't got it. It's still my fault. <laughs> but the point is, is that like zero driving on suspended. Pe- zero. You got me off on my last driving on I did. So what's that? And you didn't even pay me for that because I was like, you know I what, Joe? Two hundred fifty dollars the morning that you picked me up. Is that- <laughs> and you didn't drive me there. You had another guy drive us. You fucker. And I paid you that morning. Something like that. But and my reputation at Wyoming is you all you had to do was go in there and be like, hey, so what are we doing? Are we gonna give Joe the fucking uh <laughs> this is Joey T, baby? But the point is is that If Carolyn like, wasn't here, I'd be pissing in that Dixie cup. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about getting that fucking water bottle all day. Hang on, break time. But anyway, anyway, no, Joe, I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna wrap it up. So I just wanna thank everybody, uh my mom for listening to the pod. Yeah, it's getting kind of late. I'm having a great time, and I wish we could keep going. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I'm getting cold, and I'm getting tired. And it's going to be time for bed.
So, Kalen's under period. I'm going to try to have a stack. So, we're bad on that. <laughs> Carolyn just felt her struggle. She has no idea. All right. <laughs> well, Mom, thanks for listening. Talk to you later.